Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of Lifeaholics. I'm Shauna. And I'm Ivina, and this is our podcast where we discuss any and everything over and under the sun until the bottle's empty. So grab a glass, come on in, and enjoy. Since our show is called Lifeaholics, there is alcohol involved. Uh, so we do like to let you guys know our drink of choice at the beginning of every episode. So Shauna, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight I am having a rosé. Ooh, a rosé. That sounds good. It is. What are you having? I am having a red wine. Mm. You know, keep the blood flowing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so lame. Yeah, you are, but it's fine. <laughs> so I keep the blood flowing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got one more thing. So if you guys see us take a sip or you see us lean off, we're taking a sip. I don't know if you can. We may, keep, be, you leaning, we, we may be leaning off a lot of a lot then. <laughs> so right, you see us leaning off. <laughs> Whatever. These are cute. Okay. I know. You know I get signed. Okay, before we get started, we do want to give you a disclaimer that we will be discussing infertility, abortion, and the rise of death in pregnant African-American women. We understand that these topics is very sensitive to some, so if you are uncomfortable with these topics, you can stop listening now. We completely understand. Your mental and emotional health is most important, and we will be back next week with another more suitable episode for you. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right in. Yeah, so the first thing we want to discuss today is the death in pregnant African-American women. According to the CDC.gov, uh, Black women are three times more likely to die due to pregnancy-related issues than white women. So many individuals believe that this is due to racism since there, are, there have been numerous Black women who are extremely well-off financially and socially. However, they have still lost their lives while giving birth or days slash weeks after giving birth. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Marvina, what's your opinion on this? What exactly do you think is happening? And why do you think Black women have a higher chance of death over any other race? I really do think it is racism to a certain extent. This mm -hmm. whole power dynamic of uh, Black women being indestructible. So when they complain about pain or issues during birth, they birth, they tend to get overlooked yeah. and it causes for issues to happen, including death. And that is just tragic that because of your skin, you're looking at a certain type of way, even when giving birth, which is one of the most, I mean, deadly conditions, to be honest. Yeah, true. And I feel like everybody should be treated the same, especially during that time, especially during giving birth. There are so many complications and things that can happen. Uh -huh. And just to write people off because of their color is just insane to me. Uh, what's your opinion on it? Okay. So, yeah, I agree with you. I do have a question. Do you think that it's like... Okay, so we know that there's many different reasons, right? Like we have high blood pressure, things like that. So do you think yeah. like when a Black woman is to have these certain conditions that pop up or different feelings during their pregnancy do you think sometimes they're writing it off as like oh maybe that's just heartburn when it could be really something else or like who do you think is ignoring them do you think it's people that they're around and then they don't go to the doctor because they're like okay maybe it's nothing or do you actually mm -hmm. think it's the doctors too um i think it's both uh mostly the cause of the death probably leans more towards uh, the responsibility of the doctor because they're they are there to make sure that their patient yeah is good right no matter what you know and i understand like we even have our own superhuman complex where like oh okay i'm just hurting a little bit it's nothing uh -huh. which we ignore our own selves sometimes but i feel like if i'm in the hospital and i just gave birth or i'm giving birth and i'm telling you physically telling you yes. or you even see cuz i'm i'm like i don't want to say subduing 
I'm suppressing my own uh-huh. uh, pain, then it's your responsibility as a caregiver to care for me. Yeah, no, agree, hundred percent. And also, it there are other factors, but I think that is definitely the most um, deadly one or most effective one is the uh, attention not being paid by the doctors. Yeah, and I know women of color tend to have. Um, ongoing medical conditions uh-huh. when they're pregnant. So how do you feel about that? I mean, no, I definitely agree. I think that it is a part, you know, it, well, it is the doctor's responsibility to look at the pregnant individual and make sure that everything is the way it should be. Now it, I, but also like once we, once a woman becomes pregnant, you know, you find the doctor that, you want to take care of you during that time. And I know doctors are fake. Half of them are only in it for the check. But like when I was pregnant, uh, but then this was back when I was 21. So it's been a while. Um, but, you know, I was really king on the doctor that I had. And I wanted to make sure that it was one that I trust. And turn out, like in my mind, I wanted a woman doctor, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that was the way to go. But my um, doctor ended up being male and he was African-American. But... I feel like that was the best choice for me. He was amazing. Um, And if I was to get pregnant again, which I'm not, but if I was, I would definitely go (laughs) back to having a male doctor because I feel like they was extremely, well, he was extremely attentive and he looked at everything. And after I had my son, I remember like my leg, like it swole, it was huge from like my knee all the way down to my feet was huge and I had no idea what was happening but apparently that's like an after effect after having a child like you you swell up everywhere apparently I don't know but it was just looking at that situation and I called to figure out what was going on like he immediately brought me in just to make sure you know that everything was good so that just puts me back like is women taking that time to make sure that, that the doctor that they find when they're going through this traumatic event, because it really is traumatic. Your body is going through all of these different changes and emotions during labor. Are we taking the time to really research the doctors that we are, you know, putting our trust into basically? And I mean, yeah, I think that definitely plays a part as well. And yeah. even, um, I think, uh, economy, uh, economy, financial status can play a part in that as well because some women that have children are not financially capable to afford the doctors. It's sad to say that the bigger the check, the better the doctor, but yeah, that, that's true. Mm-hmm. And some women can't afford the better care that they need when they have these issues going on. They just mm-hmm. get regular doctors that treat them like regular people, even though they're going through something, a condition that is very highly risky. Yeah. And they need to be treated as such. Yeah. It's already a risky procedure. And so I wonder like, and I'm, I'm just asking these questions because I've never been in a situation, but I wonder, mm-hmm. are there signs like throughout the, the pregnancy, the whole nine months that you see these signs that your doctor doesn't care? Mm-hmm. Like, but you're just so focused and maybe it it is an amazing doctor and you're just like, maybe I'm overthinking, I'm pregnant, I'm already Mm -hmm. emotional, like who knows? Mm -hmm. So like, I just wonder, like, are there signs that they see or is it even not the doctor? Maybe it's the hospital that they choose to have their child at because the doctor doesn't stay around. Yeah. Sometimes it's the nurses or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So. Now that I'm, cause I mean, of course I've never been in that situation either. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm not able to say uh-huh. whether things like that start from pregnancy onto birth or after birth. I do right. know that a lot of these issues do occur during pregnancy, like most uh-huh. of them do. And um, I even I heard a sad story where there was this woman who had just given birth and she was bleeding on like bleeding bad and she kept telling her husband yeah. that she was um bleeding and her husband kept relaying the message and she said she was hurting and she, the husband kept she he like literally begged the 
nurses back the administrators back the everyone in the hospital my wife is hurting she's saying she's hurting and they kept writing her off and writing off and she passed away oh wow yeah and left him with a you know first time father with a brand newborn uh-huh. um, all because even the the entire hospital ignored both their crimes yeah and that is just unacceptable i agree and yeah. I don't know if she had issues prior before um, she during her pregnancy. I don't know. Um, who the I don't know if that wasn't told, but for them to both have to cry so hard and still get no results, it's just awful. Yeah. And my thing is, who cares if the person has these issues before? Mm-hmm. Like, it's your job to make sure that those issues don't get worse during yeah. before, like, and after pregnancy, that's your job. At the end of the day, you're still going to get a check, whether it's through the insurance or the person writing you a check. You're still getting paid either way. So I don't understand why they'd be like, oh, well, you know, African-Americans have a higher chance for all of these, you know, other diseases or chronic conditions. Who cares? It's still your responsibility to keep it under control. That's why they have all these freaking tests that these pregnant women have to take. So you guys can make sure that once they go in to have that baby, you guys know exactly what to look for. So I don't, I just feel like that's just an excuse. Like it's bull. But I mean, I wonder if, um, if it stems back like far further into history, maybe history. Definitely. Like you're talking about like the black women passing during birth. Is that what mm-hmm. you mean? Yeah. I think it's probably was worse. Probably so. Yeah, yeah I think it was probably worse. worse back then because, you know, even um, like, oh, okay, so I remember it wasn't my mom and maybe it was my aunt, maybe. I just remember my mom telling me the story, but I don't know if she said it was my aunt or her mom. Mm-hmm. I think it was my aunt. <laughs> like one of the older aunts that, you know, was born you know, some years ago and, um, she was giving birth and, but, you know, back then they would choose like, if you was to get an epidural or not, of course, epidural was there, but they didn't even give her one because they were just low down. So they wouldn't even give her an epidural. So, you know, she was forced to give birth without. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it was natural, but she wanted the medicine, but of course, you know, they was like, no. <laughs> I know wow, that's crazy. That's totally yeah. insane. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that this is, I think it was probably 10 times worse than what it is now. Well, now they're just better at hiding it. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I say, it's, this could lead to like, because I always say that, um, I'm bring back around. I'm bring back around. Hold on. <laughs> Come on, give yourself that pep talk. Come on, <laughs> you got this. Okay, so that's why I always say like pregnancy is scary to me. Like yeah. it's one of it's a scary situation to me. It's something I'm petrified of. Yeah. Giving birth scares the heck out of me. It really yeah. does. And I think that could be the reason why some uh black women actually opt out of giving birth and they some uh women even choose abortion over birth yeah i mean and i get it because it is a scary thing i mean i was 21 when i had my my kid and now i'm you know in my 30s and i i feel like it would be completely different (laughs) it'd be completely different the body is different you're younger your body is able to shift and change and do you know handle that type of thing i don't know if it would be able well it's able but you know what i mean like but it would be a different experience i think it would be a completely different experience okay so like even like you were saying black women choosing to abort be and and some of them do choose to abort because they're afraid of pregnancy you know they're afraid to go through that change but that that leads me to asking you a question about abortion are you pro-life or pro-choice um you know what i think well, can we break down what pro-life and pro-choice mean first? 
Okay. All right. So for those that don't know, pro-choice means that individuals believe that it is the woman's decision whether to abort or not. These individuals believe that it is the woman's body. And at the end of the day, it should be her choice. Pro-life means that individuals believe that life begins at conception and that abortion is killing an actual human being. These individuals believe that the fetus can feel the pain during the abortion procedure. So, of course, this topic has been around for many years and everyone is still divided into those two teams. Either you are pro-choice or you're pro-life. So me, I, okay. I only when I was younger growing up as a Christian, yeah. I'm still a Christian now, you know, yeah. I'm just more, I hate the whole, I'm more spiritual than yeah, religious. Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Than religious because I'm still feel like a Christian. Yeah. I feel like, I, I mean, I agree with the religious, maybe not just all the practices, but right. Right. Yeah. Right. But, um, so when I was growing up Christian, I definitely was more pro-life. Mm-hmm. I believe that um, uh, a life is a life. You know, you chose to conceive that you should deal with the consequences of your choices. Yeah. So, but growing as a woman mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, I would say my twenties, I kind of like floated in between both yeah. for a while. Like, but as I grew more and more, and even at uh, my age now, which is 30, um, <laughs> I'm going to, I really do believe I'm more pro-choice because it, mm-hmm. my body or shouldn't be anyone else's decision, even though, you know, uh, conception is a mutual party. But my body. Sometimes. Yes, sometimes, sometimes it is true. Uh To, I have to make decisions for my own health or my body, for myself. Right. It is my my body that goes through this. So it is my choice. So I believe I am pro choice. Right. So, Shana, are you pro choice or pro life? Okay. So I'm both. Like I'm, I'm fine with saying I'm both, but I am only pro-life when it comes to myself. Um, if I was to get pregnant and I didn't want to, I personally would not abort, but I will not pass those beliefs on to anybody else. So when it comes to anybody else besides myself, I'm pro-choice. Like it's your decision, it's your body. You do whatever is best for you. And then what's yeah. best for me, I know it's pro-life because at the end, I, I wouldn't be able to do it you know, for me, but I wouldn't dare sit here and tell another woman like, no, you shouldn't do, that's not my place. Yeah. No. Like even in 1973 in Mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade, Mm -hmm. uh, they declared the procedure a fundamental right, meaning that the court ruled that the constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restrictions. Which I don't understand because now legislation, legislation, there we go. The L word. Mm -hmm. Let's go. (laughs) Now government in certain uh, states, they have their own set of restrictions. Yeah. Like I think, what is it? Texas and Alabama, they have certain uh, restrictions against abortion, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is insane to me that the government feels like they have a say in my reproductive system. Agree. I understand them setting those rules and regulations when a person is five and six months, things like that. That mm-hmm. I, okay, I feel like the baby could be possibly full term by then. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not full term, but you know, starting to develop yeah. everything that it needs. But if a person is just finding out and they are two months, a few weeks, like. You just don't, you don't have a right to tell that woman, oh no, you can't abort because this baby can fit. Like, what if the woman was raped? You're really about to make this woman have this baby. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that the government should be involved in any aspect of someone's uh, reproduction. Yeah. 
or right. somebody's uh, pregnancy because you have no idea mm-hmm. what terms got them here. Right. right. Like every single pregnancy is different. Yeah. Every single conception is different. Yeah. So why is there a mass rule to dictate something so unpredictable? Mm-hmm. And my thing is half of those people that are voicing their opinion are men. And I'm sorry, y'all definitely don't have a right to say anything. Like, not, not anything. I know you don't have a right. Not, not like men do, they are involved in conception. I mean, with that, you're involved in conception. Yep. But the whole pregnancy is a woman's journey. Mm-hmm. Like, and even if the man is there, mm-hmm. you're not going. That a woman's body is shifting daily. Yours is staying the same. So <laughs> you don't have the right. <laughs> exactly. You don't. You don't have the right to tell me what to do with my body. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you never will. <laughs> never will. And if you, and if something does happen to where you do, I don't know what kind of witchcraft you got going on. <laughs> no. No. Oh, um, there are so many different reasons for abortion. Like some parents even just force their child who are, who they're minors to mm-hmm. have abortions mm-hmm. that have been sexually active and get pregnant. They actually, since they are their legal guardian, they have the right to tell them, you know, that they have to get an abortion, which is and tricky and deep in dark yeah. <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> decision or issue right you know because yeah. you as a parent you want to protect your child at any cost but mm-hmm. at any cost yeah, but also, I think sometimes too they say that they're protecting their child and they want their child to have a future. But also, depending on the parent and the social status, I think that you're also looking out for yourself too. Like, is it going to be an embarrassment for you to walk around and say that like your 14, 15 year old daughter got pregnant or you know something like that? So, is it really about the kid or is it about you when you force your child to to go through something like that? Yeah. So yeah, that it could be that as well because some people like they might not be able to care for another child but still yeah it may it may be their decision it's definitely more their decision than it is the child's yeah oh yeah oh yeah it is and i think sometimes pressure from partners can uh actually contribute to that maybe Mm -hmm. um some partners, I know, I'm not gonna say I know a lot of men, but some, <laughs> some partners they, they actually, once they find out that the woman is pregnant, they have this whole, well, it's not my responsibility, and they kind of get into this whole thing about there's only one way this can go, I'll pay yeah. for you. Or there could be that they were in and none. Exclusive. Monogamous relationship. Wow. Exclusive is better. <laughs> exclusive. A non-exclusive relationship where the other person is not tied to them, like monogamous. No, I'm not going there because I can't even say it. Not tied <laughs> to them in any. Not tied to them in any, you know, other way besides sex. I don't want yeah. to say sex, but I said it. Why not? I don't know. It feels weird. Anyway, so. And that um, that leads to them telling their telling the woman like, "Yo, you can't have this baby. Like, that's gonna ruin everything for them, yeah. which is insane and not fair." You both conceive the baby, but mm-hmm. and then at the same time, that goes back to a woman having the right to choose what she wants to do with her body. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So if they try to pressure you into abortion, you have the right to say, "Well, no." If you don't want to be part of this child's life, that's your decision. But my decision is to have this child or their decision may be not to have the child. Yeah. It, uh, unfortunately, though, it depends on what type of relationship that is, too. Because if yeah. the man feels that he can pressure that woman, then it's probably a toxic domestic type of relationship, too, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And people being unable to provide for their child can lead to uh, 
abortions as well. Yeah. There, this economy now, I even saw a thing where people are less likely to have children. Like there's a depletion of reproduction going on. <laughs> I'm so serious. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, people, because I mean, that it is super expensive. It's so expensive. Your own life. Then uh-huh. to bring someone else in that you have to completely care for, I yeah. get it. And let's so, not talk about the price of actually having a kid here in the United States. It is out of this world. It's it's crazy how much it it costs. But but that's also why a lot of people are opting opting for like home births and things like that. I mean, my hat definitely goes off to them for that. But that's why a lot of people are doing that and not having babies at a hospital anymore because of the price. It's yeah. insane. And I actually, I saw a TikTok where this lady broke down her bill that she received after giving birth. I had a that chill. Was, Could you tell? <laughs> I like, couldn't. I tried my best to play it off. roll your eyes, <laughs> but that's about it. This right here, Lord Jesus. <laughs> my bad. My bad. All right. So where, where was that? You were talking about your TikTok. Oh, yeah. I saw a lady that did a TikTok where she, um, she broke down her bill after giving birth to a child and she mm. had like a whole bunch of like crazy charges on there like 37,000 missing she was like there were letters and numbers she was like I don't even know what this is but it's $455 <laughs> that's insane so like, it's yeah crazy. but I mean yeah so having a baby is expensive which is why from a lot birth. of people from birth <laughs> yeah which is why a lot of people choose to abort but to to go back to pro-life that's where they come in and they're like okay well if you can't afford to have a child you can still technically have it and then put it up for adoption because yeah. they say that there are so many you know families out there that are looking for a, to adopt because they have like infertility issues and they're unable to conceive and or carry a child full term so i, I yeah, mean and infertility among women is extremely common, especially mm-hmm. black women. Uh, yeah. They're actually twice as likely to suffer from infertility than white women. Mm-hmm. And uh, infertility actually can be brought on through numbers of things like thyroid issues, untreated STDs, such as like chlamydia, mm-hmm. uh, damage to your cervix and your fallopian tube. You can cut that because I'm not sure if I said that right. Uh, PCOS, age, and genetics play roles too. Infertility actually has all of this and some causes that aren't even known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, I get that. So, I understand, Marvina, that you have had issues with infertility for over mm-hmm. the past year. So, what exactly do you feel about you know this this situation, this topic? Well, I, actually, I've had infertility issues for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people don't, it's such a taboo to talk about it Yeah, and it doesn't get the attention and it doesn't get the attention and research that it needs. I actually, my infertility is because I have PCOS and PCOS is a, uh, polycystic ovary syndrome mm-hmm. It's where you have a very significant, um, hormone imbalance. Mm-hmm. which can cause for like high insulin um, insulin levels, which has something to do with the ovaries, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. See, I don't even know. But, <laughs> and, uh, and it also uh, causes for you to have like uh, enlarged ovaries and even cysts like on the edge of your ovaries. So you can't really have a ovulation. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have, you can have ovulation, but it's not regular. Like I spent a, so, okay, let's just start from the beginning. I spent <laughs> most of my teen years uh, with an uh, irregular um, cycle. Uh-huh. I spent like most of my, all of my teen years with an irre- irregular cycle all the way into my, um, into my 20s. It wasn't until I, got married, actually tried to conceive that Mm -hmm. I learned I had PCOS and I learned I had infertility issues, which I actually thought my goal was I was going to make it all the way 
and have a baby when I was ready to have a baby, which I what doesn't look like I was doing it. My body was doing it itself. Yeah. And um, I dealt with that as well as trying to uh, figure out what women. No, no, no. I lost the train. I lost the train. Put the train back on the track. Okay. So we discussed what PCX, PCOS was, right? Yes. And I was telling um, that I've, um, it wasn't until I got married and figured out I had infertility issues. Mm-hmm. And um, it did stem from PCOS. Uh-huh. But um, it was a very, I don't want to say taboo. Nah, fuck it. It was a very taboo. <laughs> that I mean, I actually think I have PCOS or infertility issues because of genetics. I actually think it's genetics. I just found out uh, some people in my family actually suffer from PCOS. And my aunt uh, had trouble conceiving. Well, I don't want to my aunt didn't conceive her child until she was in her uh, mid-30s. And I know she did have abnormal periods as well. Uh-huh. And, and there would be times, are we going to get greedy? Or are we greedy. just going to get served? We're going to get greedy. You need to get greedy. Get greedy. Yeah. I feel like I do because people don't talk about the bad, bad stuff. Right. Well, get greedy. That's what we got wine for. I don't know. I don't want to get emotional, though. You get emotional, I'm a clap. <laughs> See? I'm be laughing at you. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm just going to cut my camera off and be like, all right, you, you let me know when you, when you ready. <laughs> nah, I'm a G. I'm a G. We're going to get through this. We got we this. Get- we got this, all girl. Right. I might get a little surface gritty. I am your therapist during this shit. (laughs) Just don't cry and I'm out. Okay. So even uh, with the abnormal periods Uh that um, there would be days and weeks where I would just completely bleed heavily. Uh Like nonstop. And um, And I think that actually caused me to be anemic. Yeah. Well, I, you know, like I said, it's such a taboo subject. And yeah. I feel like in, I don't want to say in, no, I'm not going to call my folks out. I feel like just in my space, it was very difficult to talk about mm-hmm. what was going on with me. And yeah. um, there would be times like I really could not for the life of me track my cycle. And uh, okay. I couldn't track it at all. There'd mm-hmm. be times I thought I was cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bleed for like six months. Then uh, I would bleed heavily for a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like and a month then, straight? Yeah. Oh, I've wow. actually, I think the longest I've gone is about four months. Heavily. Straight? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm serious, like, blood clots, and I really, and I was so scared, like, I thought I was doing something wrong, I thought Mm -hmm. I was doing something to my body that made it do this to me, so I was like, well, I gotta, that was, flash on that one. I need a damn fan. Alright, you okay. got this. Go. Yeah, it was just a long period of time I felt so alone. Uh-huh. Like, I I just felt like 
I was going through something so difficult to go through by yourself and not be able to talk to anyone. I just, I felt really alone, really so, alone. Was this during the time when you actually found out that you had infertility issues or this was when no. you were younger and you couldn't, this, like you, knew, you didn't know what was happening? Yeah, mm. it was younger and I didn't know what was happening. It wasn't until my twenties when I guess I finally got the courage to be like, okay, I, I have to pay my insurance, so I have to. Yeah, <laughs> I have to figure this out. You know, yeah. I can't keep living like this. Uh-huh. And um, sorry, the middle of my forehead is itching. Okay, sorry. Like I can't keep living like this. I need to figure out what's wrong with me. Uh-huh. And even in then, that even goes back to our first subject with the whole like doctors and all of that. I have yeah. been through at least four to five. Uh, OBGYNs in like the past eight to ten years. Oh Jesus! Yeah, because I would um, I would go to one and they would be like, "Oh, well, you just need uh, birth control to regulate your period, right?" Uh-huh. And um, so I would go on birth control and I be on birth control and my period would be regular. But the second I stop taking it, I'm all jacked up again. Yeah. Yeah. And I birth control is just it wasn't good for my body. Yeah. It wasn't. And so mm-hmm. like I went to two to three doctors that told me that. It wasn't actually until I found a male OBGYN. Mm-hmm. Um and I hate this so much, but here guys. Well, I mean, it's not that it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. I made that sound really like Yeah, you did. I was like, good God. <laughs> What's happening? No, but I went to a male. It wasn't until I went to a male uh, OBGYN where he actually broke down. Like, because I actually I ended up in the emergency room for my anemia because I was I had lost so much blood Uh and my blood count was extremely deadly low. Yeah, and I had to get like a uh, blood transfusion. Uh-huh. And um, this doctor, I was, I told him like what was happening to me and he's like, okay, well, we're going to figure this out. Yeah. And um, he, he helped me figure out a lot and he sent me through a lot of things to see like why my blood was uh, low and why I was bleeding so much. And he actually, he is the one that told me I had PCOS. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate it so much because I didn't have enough money to keep going to him. Uh, that was just awful to me, but yeah, it is what it is. So, I mean, and so I finally found another doctor and then this is crazy. Like I had to go to the, the same doctor over and over again and tell them the same thing. Like uh-huh. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And they still came up with the same result. Right. Uh-huh. And so this last doctor, she's like, yeah, you have PCOS, but I want to see what else is going on with you. I'm going to uh-huh. put you on this. Uh, I'm going to put you on a certain medicine and it's going to help. And it's literally wasn't until I hit my thirties till I actually had a regular period. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, now that I'm 33, uh, I think I'm more focused uh-huh. on fixing my body than I am having a baby. Yeah. And, and I mean, fixing infertility is important to me. If and some aren't uh, as fortunate, even though I mean, I've been through hell, uh-huh. <laughs> as fortunate to me to have the option to. Oh, I think I should explain that more. Like I have PCOS, but I I have the opportunity to kind of reverse it and do certain things to fix fix my body uh-huh. so that I can be fertile, possibly. Yeah. Right. And uh-huh. so that's that's exciting or good. And I'm right. actually at a point in my life where I'm okay with not having a child. I'm more of so focusing on fixing my body uh-huh. like because with that infertility comes other problems but um some women aren't as fortunate as i am they are stuck with being inf- infertile for the rest of their lives <laughs> and 
even um, Gabrielle Union, she was very vocal about her infertility, how she yeah. wanted a baby, and she couldn't conceive no matter what. She went through all the tests and she had all of the resources uh-huh. to, you know, try to have a baby, but she just, she couldn't. Right. She couldn't. And, you know, so it really doesn't matter your class or your financial status. If you're infertile, it's just, it's a thing that's happening to you. Right. Right. Like, even me, like, I don't want to do IVF, but if I did, oh shit, maybe I should have, no, I should have put that in there. Why are you putting it in now? Yeah, hold on. Okay, and I know me personally, um, I don't want to do IVF. uh, And if I did, I couldn't afford IVF. And IVF is actually a medical procedure where an egg is fertilized by the sperm in a test tube uh-huh. outside the body. And then it's like placed in your body to see an IVF for it to, to see if it, if it will take uh-huh. and you're able to carry a baby. IVF is so expensive for it to be a change. That's and exactly what I was thinking. Like you have to pay all that money for a possibility. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you know, but I mean, I think it stands for women. So the whole idea of a woman not being a complete woman unless she can give uh-huh. um, birth. I know with me personally, I've actually heard that from women like, oh, she's not a mother, so she would never understand or uh-huh. she doesn't, she can't physically have a child. Well, not even physically have a child without them knowing my position because uh-huh. I don't really, I mean, I don't talk about my infertility a lot. Yeah. Some people know, like if you're close to me, you know, of course I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're walking down the street and we're just mean, I'm not really going to discuss it with you. Yeah. But for people just to assume because I'm such and such years old that I always oh, you can't have a child or you, you're not complete unless you have a child. <laughs> just, That's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. It's barbaric, to be honest. Yeah. And um, I think that's why a lot of women. Or just them wanting. Like, there's literally nothing wrong with wanting to have a child. Yeah. But some women feel like they have to have a child for them to feel complete. And I think that what makes them put their whole life savings or everything they got into a chance. That's true. Just like you were saying, you know, how your PCOS, did I say it right? PCOS like yours can be reversed possibly but it's just amazing to think like what if the doctors before the male OBGYN found out like what if they would have found out all those years ago your story could have possibly been different by now because you know you were at a younger age and I I, I don't I want to keep putting age in it but it's just so many different things that your body does at a younger age to recover Mm -hmm. itself to where things could have been completely different if they would have taken that chance you know to really dive in to figure out the issue so do you think it was because like oh she didn't have enough money or oh she's you know she's african-american like it's probably an underlying issue or they just didn't know I think mine (laughs) I actually think mine stems from genetics just because um, it say it can be like from obesity and the insulin intake. And I was very active when I was yeah. younger. Uh-huh. So um, like one of the things they tell me to do now is to make sure I exercise and eat right. Eat right is a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I was younger, I definitely did those things. Did those things. Yeah. I don't know if I ate right, but I was very active, so I was always exercising. So I think it's more so on the genetics part for me. But yeah. I also think, like, when I was able, even though I wasn't able to completely articulate or tell or feel comfortable enough to tell these doctors how I felt, when I actually did get the courage up to tell them, uh-huh. I do feel like I was ignored because of my skin color or because I um, they just kind of categorized me off or they knew I couldn't afford such and such things. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I feel like they definitely played a part in it, but I do think it so, mostly stems from genetics. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what are your take going back to adoption? Because this is why a lot of the pro-life, this is what a lot of the pro-life people say, people that are, 
you know, suffer for infertility, they can always adopt those children that, you know, whose parents didn't want them or whatever the situation may be. Have you ever thought of adoption or fostering or anything like that? Now, um, I thought vaguely on adoption. I do know um, if I do uh, decide to have a kid, I do want, I would rather have a, um, so I think that would be more, I think a surrogate would actually be more my um, option. I thought of adoption. Um, I don't know because I think I would more so want a surrogate because uh-huh. um, I currently do have two children, uh-huh. um, stepchildren. I hate the word step, but bonus. I have two bonus children. Uh-huh. And, you know, there is a connection between us, but there also is a lack of connection. You know, there's this little tiny small fragment. Mm-hmm. you know that I'm not their biological parent mm-hmm. you know so yeah. I think if I was to have a child I would want to have a biological child and I would probably do it through surrogacy is that the word mm-hmm. uh, more so than adoption and but I do believe in fostering I wouldn't mind fostering I feel like right now I'm not in a space to foster especially because yeah. I, I jump around a lot Uh right now so um and then that would have to be a mutual decision between me and my husband who is not really on board right now but i'm gonna work on that that. it's eventually gonna go my way (laughs) but yeah so i'm more into that i think those two are more my options than uh adoption so what do you what what would be your difference though between fostering and adopting uh i think fostering to me is my oh no that sounds bad no what no it does sound bad i was gonna say my community service i feel like that's bad oh yeah yeah (laughs) i feel like fostering is my way to help uh probably troubled children more Mm. so than adoption um like I said, if I was to have a child, you know, and then if I did get um, foster children who do eventually stay with me, then yeah, I would adopt them. But I don't think adoption off front would yeah. be my uh, first decision. That makes sense. That makes I know you say that you're never going to <laughs> give birth again. So no. <laughs> Would sorry. you ever? <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time you say me and the B word, which is birth, no, I'm sorry, but I will listen. Yes. Do you think you would adopt and or foster a child? No. Okay. No. Oh, uh, because I, I I'm really content with being one and done. You know, I'm really happy to get to 39 and knowing that my son will be 18. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know how happy I should be and why I should be telling people that. That means I was like really young. But anyway, I'm really happy to be like knocking on 40s door. And like, I know I'm not done raising my son because he's a boy. You're probably never really done, but he's he's grown. He can you know he's at that age where he can start taking care of himself and I don't want to start over so no I don't I don't I don't think I'm at that place to foster or adopt I don't I don't know okay I know uh since you don't want to I'm not asking for me seriously I'm not okay okay I'm just asking Mm -hmm. would you be into surrogacy like to, to to be a surrogate for somebody else or to have a surrogate for me? No. Well, it's both, actually. Uh, but you said you were one and done, so. Yeah, I'm one and done. And I, when I say one and done, I mean, like, no more cooking in this oven or <laughs> nothing. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> no matter whether it's for something. No, 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 no. Because, again, I, I'm in my 30s now. I don't know how that this body is going to work. Like, I feel like the the pregnancy that I had with my son was it went too good 
and it was too smooth. Oh. And they always say that the, the the second pregnancy is is really. I'm so sorry. Hold on. <laughs> Bless you. Like I was saying, my first pregnancy, well, my only pregnancy, <laughs> <laughs> went too well for me. Uh, so I'm really scared to do it again because I don't know how it that second up. time would be. Yeah. So no. I'm good. Understandable. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So back to you. Let's get off me and like the B word. Um, like, so you've been through your time of infertility. Have you ever um, conceived or had a miscarriage? Um, actually, no, I okay. haven't. Um, and okay, a miscarriage is um can happen during the early stages of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It is normally like when the embryo or the fetus is retained in the womb or it uh it just can't um survive in the womb and it is miscarried so um yeah it's usually when the pregnant the pregnancy terminates itself Mm -hmm. uh due to various reasons and i actually i as much blood as i've lost at times i thought I miscarried mm-hmm. but I've never had a miscarried I've never conceived a child okay. I'm just here okay yeah so you know what I think we learned a lot and gave a lot of information today you know especially about infertility PCOS abortion adoption and black women uh passing away from childbirth uh complications yeah so, yeah, I think we got over a lot of things that affect our community as far as women and mothers and childbirth. Mm-hmm. I agree. And also, we have several links where we obtained our information. They will be listed down in the description box below if you guys would like to take a look and read it for yourself. We have an article on Roe versus Wade, the history of abortion, and also information from cdc.gov about um the history or the issue that we have with black women um losing their life due to birth complications so if you want to check those out they will be listed down below for you yeah as you guys can see we are now on youtube and we are also still on all the podcasting platforms and you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. So please make sure that you guys like this video. Hit the subscribe button and that post notification bell if you are watching us on YouTube. And don't forget to like, share, and follow this podcast as well. You can also follow us over on Instagram at Lifeaholic Podcast. And as always, breathe and remember to take life one drink at a time. Bye. You just had to sip. <coughs> Cut. Oh my god. <laughs> but we're done. We're done good because I gotta clean up. God damn.